Well, good morning, everybody. Nice to see you all here. Uh, I love coming here. I love coming to Redemption Hills because you're all so good looking. Uh, you're all such beautiful people. And, uh, and I can gaze out at your loveliness. Uh, but in all seriousness, we, Fiona and I, we love coming here because you guys are beautiful in that you let Jesus shine in you. And, uh, and it's something really special when we all come together as a group of people and Jesus is in us and shining through us and relating to each of us. So isn't that special? So I'm going to talk about that this morning. Uh, let me pray. Jesus, would you make this seed go deep in our hearts, get planted deep? Amen. <laughs> So let's start out in First Kings. I've, I um, have forgotten my Bible today, so I'm going to read off the screen with everyone else. Um, chapter 10, verse 4. Thanks. I'm, I'm not used to preaching, so I did, I'd normally just grab my iPad and go to play drums. But um, yeah, I do have my shirt on. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built... The food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I do not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes and indeed the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. I love this story because um, the Queen of Sheba is a queen in her own right. And she arrives with all these jewels and gold and everything um, because she's wealthy as a queen. And she comes into the, the house of Solomon and she's overwhelmed with the fact that there's something different on display here. And you know what? I don't believe we're just talking about decadence here because she lived in decadence. She was a queen. There's something about the finger of God on Solomon's life that outworked itself in all of, the, in all of what was dis, in dis, on display, get it out there, on display in the castle, in the, the kingdom. And that's what God wants to do in us. As he dwells in us and has, his finger is on us, Everything about us is on display and there's something different about us that people notice. Even ordinary things. We, we read in that, in that scripture, she's amazed by the staircase that goes up to the, to the house of the Lord. She's amazed at the way that the servants conduct themselves. And, and these are ordinary things, but there's something different about them. There's something spiritual, anointed, Holy Spirit on that. And so it's the same for us, and even in those ordinary, everyday things. And we, um, a group of us watched The Castle recently. Have you seen that movie, The Castle? And, and the, uh, the dad says, oh, love, th this is amazing. What do you call this? And she says, the rissoles. Oh, but it's what you do with them. Oh, I cook them in the pan. And, you know, there's an ordinary, everyday thing, but there's something special about it. And it can be the same with us. I used to have a, um, 
a client and I and I I was doing video production and I worked a lot with this client and and um, she said to me one day she said Johan there's something I don't understand you never seem to get mad and um, and it's not true I do get mad like, like all of you <laughs> at times we all get mad don't we but there was something about the way that I reacted in certain situations that she didn't expect. The way that I reacted was different to what the way the world would expect us to react. And it's not something I was trying to do. It's something that Jesus was transforming and is continuing to transform inside of me because I was not always like that. We are all on a journey of transformation, aren't we? As Jesus comes into us and works himself in us and starts to deal with our stuff and, and transforms us into him, we become a light to the world. And even those the ordinary things which we think are ordinary because it's a gradual change as Jesus changes us as we, as we grow and then people encounter us who don't have those things and they're like, hey, you're different. What is it? What, what, what is that? What's that different thing about you? Well, that's Jesus on display. So Jesus is transforming us, and, and it's as we stay connected to the vine, we bear fruit. Let's have a look at that scripture. It's John 15, verse 4. Uh, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me... You can do nothing. He is our source. It's, it's interesting because I have some trees in my backyard and um, they grow fruit occasionally. Uh, and they don't strive to grow the fruit. They, they don't squeeze it out. They don't, they don't oh, I've, got to, I've got to grow this apple. As long as that branch stays connected to the, to the trunk, it grows fruit. And, you know, we can do some things. We can, you know, there's, there's, if something fruits and something doesn't, we cut off the one that doesn't and we allow the one to fruit to some, some sunlight or whatever. Um, I'm not a gardener. Fee's the gardener. <laughs> I just eat the fruit. Uh, but it's the same with us. We're not called to strive to produce fruit. We're just called to stay connected to Jesus. Just stay connected to the vine. He'll do the work. He'll, he'll produce the fruit. We just stay connected. Hang on. Hang on to that vine. Be the branch. Okay, we're going to come back to this. We're going to do a full circle today. Um, but I want to talk about a few other things first. Because we need to stay connected to the vine. He is our source. He fills us. But there's more going on here. He doesn't just fill us for us. He fills us for the world. He fills us. He wants to get out of us. Jesus is in us, but he wants to get out of us. Does that make sense? So when Jesus rose again, when he was resurrected, he was given a body. And we know this because the disciples said, oh, it's a ghost. And he said, no, no, calm down. It's all right. I'm not a ghost. Uh, this is an actual body. And I'll prove it to you by eating something. And so he eats something and they go, oh, okay, you know, you're real. And, and, and then he ascends to heaven. And so he has an actual body and he's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. But we... Oh, Siri. No, I, I, I don't... <laughs> Don't want you, Siri. <laughs> Thanks. Where was I, Siri? All right. Uh, so he's seated at the right hand of the Father. We abide in him and he abides in us. 
He still wants to do work here on the earth, but he's seated up there. So how does he do that work here on earth? Well, he's in us. He abides in us. This is, um, this is not rocket surgery. Um, I like to keep things simple because I'm a simple guy. Which means, and Kathy prayed this this morning in our, in our prayer um, time, that we are literally his hands and feet. If Jesus wants to go and, and pray for Paul over here, well, he's in me. So this is how he does it. Be blessed. <laughs> we are to carry him around. It's, um, it's, it's this concept of the kingdom has come near. We carry him literally wherever we go. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, it says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. And again, in, um, in Luke... It says, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Now, it's interesting to note that, the, that when um, in the Bible where it talks about the kingdom coming near to people, there's a sign or display of the Holy Spirit at work. These things go together, hand in hand. Because the kingdom of God is in you, and as you come near to people, it's near them. We, we talk a lot and we pray a lot about, oh, Lord, advance your kingdom, advance your kingdom. Do you know how to advance the kingdom of God? And with your feet, by taking it somewhere, by taking it into a dark place, by taking it into a place where, where hopeless is called hopeless by the world. No, you can take the kingdom there. You don't have to be afraid. Jesus is in you. Greater, in, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. If Jesus wants to lay hands on the sick, and he's still laying hands on the sick, we, we read about him laying hands on the sick and they recover in the Bible, he still wants to do that. If he wants to lay hands on the sick, whose hand is he going to use? Yeah. Well done. Okay. <laughs> um, years ago, I used to be a youth pastor up in Broome, and, and it was early 2000s. And it, it was the time, there was this craze, the WWJD craze, and all the cool Christian kids got a bracelet, and it said WWJD on it. And that stands for? What would Jesus do? Well done. What would Jesus do? Uh, ironically, the most stolen item from Christian bookstores. Uh, strange, isn't it? But the, you know, the thing about that bracelet was um, it had the context wrong because it, it was, in a way, behaviour control. It's, it, you know, all these kids are wearing it with the idea being that if, if they're about to sneak a cigarette around the back of the bike sheds, oh, no, hang on, would Jesus have a cigarette? No, he wouldn't. I better put that down. Or, or if they're about to tell a lie, oh, would Jesus tell a lie? Oh, he wouldn't. I better not tell the lie. But it's only stopping. It's only a part of the equation. It's stopping short because the actual saying should be, what is Jesus doing? What is he doing? Not only is he not having a cigarette around the back of the bike sheds, but he's talking to that lonely person at the bus stop. Not only is he not telling the lie, but he's praying for the person with a sore ankle. What is he doing? And so that's what we need to be, that's the bracelet we need to have on. What is Jesus doing right now? And how does he want me to be a part of that? 
because he's very much still active today. So we're going to have a look at three things. Every good sermon has three points, so here they are. Uh, And they all start with the same letter. Thank you. So let's have a look at this scripture, um, Revelation 3. So this is one thing that Jesus is doing. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Wow. That's actually quite amazing. Did you ever consider that we're seated on a throne in heaven? So Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. And this, one of the things that he is doing is salvation. Thanks, Fee. She's my graphics lady today. I love the fact that he's not just standing at the door and knocking, but he actually wants to come in and have a meal with us. And we've heard Russ explain, you know, the Last Supper, this time where Jesus has this meal, and it's like an engagement, um, an engagement invitation. And they share the wine, and that wine is, is Jesus saying, you know what, I choose you. And so that's reminiscent of this idea. Oh, now Siri on the iPad. What? Why? <laughs> that's reminiscent of, of this idea that, that Jesus chooses us. That he's standing at the door and knocking, that he he's calling out, "Hello, hello," and and there's people, thousands of people at any moment, and he's knocking on the door of their heart. Now, most of us have probably answered that already, but that doesn't mean he's not still doing it in people around us, and that he's still asking us to be part of their salvation journey. Because we have Jesus in us. And so when they answer that door, when they open it wide and say, yes, Jesus, I want to meet you, do you know, we can introduce Jesus to them because he's in us. And so we need to be looking and asking God, Who, whose heart are you knocking on? We get to give them a word in season or a testimony. You know, if you don't know your testimony um, or you haven't, ever shared it, you need to work it out because your testimony is powerful. We, we don't argue people into the kingdom. We don't convince them um, cognitively how to become a, or why they should become a Christian. We just introduce them to Jesus. And one of the ways you do that is by saying, well, this is how I met him. This is my journey. And, and this is who he is to me now. Let's have a look at Matthew 28, two verses Verses 2 to 4, find out what else is Jesus doing. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Sanctification. I love the fact that Jesus, sometimes he stands at the door and knocks. Sometimes he just moves the door out of the way. There's, a, there's this stone which represents an obstacle or oppression in people's lives. And you know what? In an instant, he rolls it away. He can move it out of your life. He can get it out of the way. <laughs> and I love the fact that the angel that he sends to do this sits on it. He's like, 
I'm moving this stuff out of your life. This thing that's a barrier, this thing that's an obstacle, this thing you keep tripping over or you can't get through, I'm going to move it out of your life and then I'm sitting on it. It's not coming back. It's my seat now. You know, that, that, that stone, I believe, it represents those things which we can't get through or, or we're coming up against all the time. And those guards, I believe that speaks of control and oppression. And, and we all have this stuff we deal with in our life. And, and this is the process of sanctification. As Jesus works in our life and, and, and deals with this stuff, he moves it out of the way and we become more like him every day as he deals with this stuff. And it's a beautiful thing. It's transforming us into his image because his will for us is freedom. What else is Jesus doing? So he's, he's knocking on the door. He's moving the door. Uh, in John 20, let's read this one. And then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, chill out, guys, it's all right. Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So sometimes he's knocking on the door. Sometimes he moves the door out of the way. And sometimes he just walks right through it. And can you imagine, like, if you've, been to a Christian prayer meeting, we like to pray in circles. So I imagine these guys are all praying in circle, in a circle, and, the, and they're all got their eyes shut. And you know those times when you're praying in a prayer meeting and someone comes in late and you open your eyes and it's, oh, how did you get here? Did, did you drop down? You know, where did you come from? And this is what happened. They're praying and they open their eyes and Jesus is there and they're kind of freaking out. So Jesus has come down. It's all right. Peace be to you. And, uh, and then they're like, oh, is it really you? And he's like, oh, yes, yeah, really me. And then they're excited again. No, calm down, calm down. Because Jesus had something important to say to them. And he says this. How good are you, Fee? Uh, 21. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So the third thing that Jesus is doing is sending. He is sending us. He's saving, he's sanctifying, and he's sending. And the next verse in, the, in this passage, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit makes and qualifies us for ministry. We're not designed or called to operate in ministry without it. But once we have the Holy Spirit, we are ministers. You can't, you can't get away from it. You're a minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's their qualification. And it's, I, I don't know why he does that. It's his plan. It's his plan to use us, bumbling, stumbling humans, to impact the earth. And... Um, in case you don't believe me, I'll, I'll prove it to you. It is incredible, but it is true. So in John 15, 15, it says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. I'll just stop on that verse for a second, Fiona. It, 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 we're his, his friends. He's not um, the boss 
who's just like, do this, do that, do the other thing. And we don't become saved so that we can take orders. We, we get saved and then we enter into relationship with Jesus Christ, who then reveals to us his plan and we get to choose to be part of it. It's a beautiful thing. It's in a beautiful exchange. Um, and then the next verse, verse 16 It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Just leave that verse up there, thanks. Now, we get hung up on this verse where we see, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. And and, um, let me tell you, I've been been asking for a Ferrari, haven't got it yet. I don't think it works. Uh, I I did pray for a beautiful wife and I got one of those, so sometimes it works. Uh, but you know we can get hung up on that oh whatever you ask for but let me give you the context of what it's talking about there this this passage and we read some of it before is about being connected to the vine and being fruitful and then what what does he say there he says I want you to be fruitful not in the backyard not in the in the chair at church not fruitful around your friends I want you to go and be fruitful I want you to be fruitful out there why would, we, why would we need to be fruitful out there? Because he wants the world to see our fruitiness. Some of us are more fruity than others. We've got to get it out there. And in the context of us going and bearing our fruit, that, in that context, we say, Jesus, I need something here. And whatever you ask for in that context, he's going to give you. So when you take your fruit outside and you, and you meet that person, you're like... Jesus, I'm talking to this guy and he needs a prophetic word from you. Will you give me a prophetic word for this person right now? Or you might take your fruit out and you say, Jesus, I need to understand and discern the spiritual atmosphere right now in this situation so I know how to pray. And he'll give that to you. You can say, Jesus, I've encountered this person with this broken leg. Can you heal them? We get to ask in the context of us going and being fruitful. He is with us and going with us because he's in us and he wants to get out of us. Amen. You know, he says, seek first the kingdom. It's it's okay to pray for these things that you need. You know, if if you're short on your rent or... um, You know, you you have physical needs. Sure, pray for that stuff. But you know what he does say? Just seek first the kingdom of God. I'll look after you and that stuff. I will look after you. When you think of a soldier, a soldier in, in, a, in an army, he's not worrying about his domestic needs. He gets looked after because he has a job. He has a task. And so do we. We have a job and a task. We're part of God's army. So he's looking after our domestic needs, issues, whatever. He's saying just keep your eyes focused on the task at hand. Let me look after that stuff. So I'll just finish with this. It's good sometimes to put yourself out of your comfort zone because we have a soul and a spirit. And uh, you've heard the term soul food, and that's like comfort food, isn't it? It's like the things which you, you know, you want to sit in front of Netflix and you eat your nachos and. And it's like soul food. It's just that, oh, it makes me feel good. Because our soul loves to feel good. Our soul loves to eat the nachos and sit in the comfy chair and watch Netflix. But our spirit, our spirit thrives 
and comes alive when it experiences faith. When it lives in that realm of, oh, I'm not quite sure. It's a bit unknown. It's a bit out there. Our spirit starts to come alive and starts to wake up. And you know what? There's always this battle in between, in between our soul and our spirit when we're in different situations. So it's okay to allow God to leave you or to lead you into those places that are maybe a little uncomfortable for your soul. But it's life for your spirit. Where your spirit comes alive. And it, and it might be something simple as saying... God, I want to speak to a stranger today. Lead someone along my path. Or, or like Russ has done, he's, he's started talking and befriending the person at the service station where he gets his fuel. And um, it, it's, or maybe we were talking to, Fee and I were talking to someone the other day and, and he said, oh, I've, at work there's this guy and, and I just, he's going through a hard time and I just know that Jesus is the answer. So I... Mustered up my courage and I prayed for him. I said, can I pray for you and, and prayed and prophesied over him? That's when our spirit comes alive and Jesus starts to work out of us and through us. Because whatever he has put in you is for you, but it's not just for you. It's for people around you. It's to advance the kingdom. So we might get the team up. Um, we're going to finish with a song. We're going to do that song, Waymaker, again. And, um, and as we sing that, um, I want you to ask that question. We, we talked about these three things that Jesus is doing. He's sending, sanctifying, and um, saving. Where is Jesus for you today? Maybe he's standing at the door. Maybe he's knocking and you haven't answered it yet. Well, today's a good day. Open the door. Welcome, Jesus. Come in. Um, and if that is you, if you have never responded to Jesus, but you know you've, you've felt the knocking and, and you hear his voice and, and you want him to come in, dine with you, have that relationship with you, seat you on a throne, then um, today's your day. We might have, um, after the song, um, Maybe Brian and Cindy, if you could stand over here. And if that's you, you want to respond, you want to open that door, come and talk to those guys. And Jesus is in them, and so they'll introduce you to Him. You'll get to meet Him today. Are you facing a, an obstacle, a situation? Is there something that's that's stopping you, that you're butting up against, you can't get through. Well, you know, Jesus is still rolling stones away. He's still moving those obstacles. And you know what? He does it like that. He's a good, good father. So we're going to have a time after, after we sing this song. If you're coming up against that stone we'd love to pray with you there'll be a couple of people to pray for you and, and um, just come up the front and, and um, they'll find you and pray for you Jesus will do his thing but maybe he's sending you because he's doing that too right now and you have to ask yourself Jesus where or who are you sending me to? And ask him, what do I need as I go? 
What, what are you going to equip me with as I go to this place or to these people? So as we sing this song, it might even be people in this room, because if you don't ask, you won't, you won't know. Just ask. Jesus, do you have anyone? Do you, do you have anything for someone in this room? And grab another person, go up to them and share what, what you've been given. Set your soul aside and be bold with your spirit. And if you don't want to do any of those things, we'll have a cup of tea and a biscuit. Uh, <laughs> let's worship. In case you're wondering, I think that cup.